Wow, that's pretty good. Let's give them a hand. There, there was one percentage that was drastically off. There weren't very many older people doing that. I guess you would have had some bloopers of some heads going through sheetrock or something like that. It was, it was pretty good. Well, it's good to see everyone this morning. This has been such a blessing kind of to re-gather. It's just a blessing to be here this morning. Um, did you know that as we age, most of us experience some hearing loss? I said, did you know that as we age, the hearing loss, you know, increases? But this is true. I'm not pulling your legs on this, that when men start to experience hearing loss, they lose some of their hearing in the upper register. You know, it's actually equal to their wife's voice. I mean, this is proven stuff. And then women, when they experience that hearing loss, they lose it in those lower registers that's equal to their husband's voice. And that's, that's kind of a proven thing. And, it's, and sometimes, you know, you kind of think your husband just gives you that dumb look, like, or your wife is just always confused about something that happens. It's because they're missing one or two words. I mean, this could be a board game. I'll just give this idea. This would be a, a good board game called What Did You Say? And it would be ages 40 to 65, because after 65, it just doesn't matter. You know, you've already lost it. But... <laughs> But, you know, where you write a phrase and then you, you hide it and you take out two words and everyone has to guess what you, you said. And that, that kind of takes place when you lose a few words. And so this morning as we gather, you might not know why yet, but I'm just praying that maybe you all have experienced some hearing loss or maybe some loss of memory. Because uh, one series back, Darren taught on Lazarus did an entire message on Lazarus. And the way we, we, we have a teaching team and we get together and we work on series and we, we, we help navigate through that, we give assignments, and we're sometimes two and three months out. And when Darren taught on Lazarus, I knew that in this John series, I also was going to be teaching on Lazarus. So I was sitting out there just getting more and more depressed because he was kicking it out of the park. I mean, it was just an excellent message. And it's like, Wow, you know, I don't know what I'm going to speak on coming up when I, I speak on Lazarus. But there was one thing he left out, one thing he left out. And that was the fact that when they, after Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus and Lazarus, the, the, the religious leaders determined we need to not only take Jesus' life, but we need to kill Lazarus too. And I was so excited because I, I had a little point. I said I could preach on how people want to kill your miracle and so I was really excited but then next week Tyler gets up there old PT primetime Sturkey there he gets up like he always does excellent job and he eats all of that off the bone he just focuses on that for part of one of his messages so anyway needless to say I read chapter 11 John over and over and over again so this morning we're going to approach this a little bit differently we're going to leave out some key preaching points, great preaching points to this uh, series. And we're going to deal with this prove it issue. And definitely the main thing that proves his Messiah is that he is Messiah over death. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. But there's some other raw prove it material that we face in our life. If we haven't faced it yet, we will face it sometimes where we have some of those where you at Jesus moments. Have you ever had that? Like Jesus where are you at? Or you pray and you think, 
Jesus, are you hard of hearing? Did you miss what I said? Did you miss my prayer? How many people have ever, I just want to see, have you ever struggled with that? Some where are you at Jesus moments? So we're going to look at some prove it signs of Jesus's lordship. So we're going to jump right in and we're going to begin in John 11, 1 through 3. And these verses are really packed. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now there's, there's other scriptural interaction that we have record of Lazarus, the Lazarus company, Lazarus, Mary, and, and Martha. Uh, one of them that's fairly familiar is in Luke 10 where uh, Jesus, uh, Martha asked Jesus to stay at the house. And that's probably why they got so close is whenever he was in the region, they would stay. Jesus and his company would stay with Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And on one of those trips, Martha was just busy trying to get things ready, set up, cooking, you know, cooking, had, had food in the crock pot, just had, with everything, had a pizza order, getting everything together for this crowd. And Mary was just sitting at the foot of Jesus doing nothing. And so she was so upset, she asked Jesus to say something to Mary. And, of course, Jesus says, Mary has picked a better part by being here at my feet. And I think we all remember this story. But in this verse, it brings out that Mary was the same Mary that poured costly perfume, poured perfume on Jesus and with her hair washed his feet. There's a lot of people that praise God. They're praisers, you know. Lord, I praise you for this beautiful day. I, I praise you for my maid. I praise you for my puppy dog. And I praise you for the circumstances that are going right in my life. And, and there's a lot of praisers out there. But we read from the story and we see that Mary is a worshiper at a different level than most people. You know, when she doesn't have a job, when things aren't going right, she's worshiping Jesus for who he is. So we see Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they're at a, kind of a different level. You have Jesus' disciples, but apparently there was a closeness right from the start with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Maybe they knew Jesus before ministry, but we see a, a very strong closeness to it. And we kind of end with this phrase, the one you love is sick. They knew there was a closeness there. So when we look at the prove it sign of Jesus' lordship, the first point that I want to make is that Jesus is Lord over our time, over this time thing. We, we lots of times struggle with this. He is Lord over our time. And we, we have a hard time with this when we want Jesus to prove it. I think we've all watched someone else freak out with a, a prayer need or a, or issue in their life and they're just you know they're just crying and everything's crazy in their life and it, it's like we say hey and we, we give an icky sweet prayer and we say you know it's going to be okay I, I've, I've had stuff like this happen in my life it's going to be okay. I know people it's going to be okay let me pray for you and we say nice little prayers but when it happens to us it's a different level is that true when stuff happens to us, it's a 9 moment. You know, it's a, it's a major deal. Jesus, where are you at? You know, and it's a May Day. It's drama time so often when it's in our life. And we come to Jesus to kind of prove it, you know. But so often with this time aspect, so often we want to call the shots. 
we want to say three o'clock this afternoon or tomorrow I need this done or I need this done by next week or I can't go another week without this answer and to be honest sometimes we want a controllable Jesus we want a controllable Jesus predictable a safe Jesus a formulated Jesus a, a Jesus where there's a game plan and as Christians we love that so much so that we create denominations that are built around this is how Jesus works or this is how Jesus doesn't work this is how we know Jesus better than anyone else so we create these little denominations and uh, the the truth be told uh, so often that happens with sometimes people that have walked with the Lord a little bit longer as we've got to know him we start to formulate more and more about him it happens a lot of times with mature Christians and often uh, uh, in this crisis mode, you know, we think of the prove it message this entire series is for people to realize that Jesus is the Messiah. But so often as believers, there's times in our life where we want Jesus to prove it. How, how many people, you know, have, have done that? Sometimes it's like, God, I need you to prove yourself. And it's amazing how many Christians have walked from the faith or walked away from God because they've walked with him many years and then something big happens and Jesus doesn't show up in their time frame or how they expect him to show up. And they get bent out of shape and they, they walk from the Lord. I had a niece one time. She made a statement that kind of stood out to me. She says, I, got, I have Papa wrapped around my finger. And I knew kind of what she meant, that she just had a way that she could get Papa to do anything she wanted because she had him wrapped around his finger. Just hold that and let's look at John 11, 5 and 6. Now, Jesus loved, we've already been told that they said, this is the one you love, you, you love us. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, it's very interesting how that reads out. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus so, or because of his love, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. That's really weird when you think about it. He loved him so much that he stayed two more days. It's kind of weird. I'm going to rock maybe the theological world or maybe your theological world or my theological world but I want you to listen real close sometimes Jesus loves us enough to be late you ever thought about that sometimes he loves us enough to be late have you ever seen a spoiled kid have you ever seen someone that's real arrogant know-it-all so often They've got it all figured out, or, or they know how to wrap Papa around their finger, so to speak. They just whine and cry, and Papa jumps up and does something. And uh, Jesus loved them enough to say, hey, I'm just going to be late. Just rem reminds you that you're not the keeper of the flame, that you're not the Lord in the situation. And so he loved them enough. To, he waited two more days where he was at. John eleven seventeen through 20. Let's read on. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So apparently, you know, by the time they sent the email or the, you know, I don't know, the carrier, uh, the express to Jesus, it took a little bit of time to get there. Maybe the Internet was down, and then he got the message, and then it took a little bit of time to travel. So when he shows up, 
Lazarus is no longer sick, but he's been dead for four days. Now, interesting point about four days that's, that's kind of interesting. The Sadducees were of a strong belief that when a person died, that their spirit could remain in a person's body for up to three days, no more than three days. They, they believed that real strong, and it was kind of a proof to them, here Lazarus has been dead four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in their loss of the brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. There's something going on here. Mary's not staying at home cooking chicken and dumplings for when Jesus shows up. She's in her room with her room locked. First point, you know, Jesus is Lord of our time. Second point, Jesus is Lord over our attitudes. Now, I, I could just move on because no one in this room has ever had an attitude problem. But, uh, but, you know, here's Mary that has this huge ability, huge ability to worship Jesus. You know, she's the one that is just worshiping at his feet and pouring perfume and her hair and her tears washing his feet. And all of a sudden, um, she's at this other extreme where I, I don't even want to see Jesus right now. He's let me down. And what that tells me is Jesus is Lord of our attitudes. We can't bank our walk off of our attitudes or off of our feelings. I see a lot of people, they spend a lot of their Christian walk just chasing their feelings or chasing a sign or, you know, something that makes a special vessel or, or, or whatever. But Jesus' lordship can expose sometimes that we have some serious attitudes and we're chasing feelings and signs. And, and, and so often I, I see people like this that they're kind of like sling, uh, kind of like yo-yos. At times, man, they're in the presence of God and whoo, the blessings. Are, and then other times they, they just feel like they're out floating. And, and, and sometimes we need to understand that Jesus is, is there. He's present and he's got a plan regardless of how we feel, if we feel great or not, or if we feel like he's present or not. He is still with us as we are believers as we walk with him. I, I, I want to tell you, I'm ashamed the many times that I've had an attitude of grumpiness or atti attitude of pouting or whining about an issue. Um, and, um, and, and, and I've realized that Jesus, I, I can't move Jesus because of a temper tantrum or, or pouting or fussing or, you know, pitching a fit. And uh, I, I've come to realize that, man, he's Lord. He's Lord over my attitude. The third point is Jesus' lordship over my idea, my ideas, my formula, my spiritual wisdom. Uh, John eleven twenty one says this, uh, uh, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. She had attitude too. When she showed up and she saw Jesus, the first thing, the first thing that comes out of her mouth, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. And it, it didn't freak Jesus out. She was honest, but she, she showed up with that. Martha, um, she had been around Jesus long enough that she'd seen a pattern. She'd seen Jesus move. And she knew that when, when Jesus was present, man, people would get healed. You know, miracles would happen. People that were demon-possessed would be set free, and she had seen that. She was well aware that in the situation with the Roman centurion, you know, Jesus just spoke the word, and he, uh, the, he got an answer to his prayer, and there was a healing that took place. And Martha had seen a pattern. 
she'd probably not only seen it, but she'd probably explained it to people how Jesus moved. She probably had written a little book, had a little journal of three steps how to receive a miracle from God or five steps on how to receive a miracle. She had seen it enough that she could explain it. And um, I, I know many times as we walk in what we think is maturity, we think that we figure out maybe how to get a miracle from God or even how to hear God's voice. I know many times whenever I want to hear God's voice, I'd, I had a, a list of things I would want to go through. And, you know, I'd read large portions of Scripture. I'd go on long walks. I'd, I'd be quiet before God, and, and I'd seek God, and I would journal, and, and, and I had my special places I want to be, and, and God would speak. And then I remember a couple times he didn't follow that pattern. It just freaked me out. Sometimes when I didn't go through all the roles, I heard God's voice and, you know, just different ways. And sometimes we think, well, may, I need to run to my prophet or my, my prayer partner. And I, I've learned with Jesus sometimes yesterday's pattern does not work. And you see this in, in the book of Acts. You see how the Holy Spirit was poured out. And in fact, entire denominations are are sometimes just built around one chapter, but you saw the Holy Spirit come and move in so many different ways. It almost like they contradict the way it moved over here. And, and sometimes we have to realize that Jesus does stuff differently. You know, Darren got a little bit on this last time about healing, how when we look at when Jesus healed someone, sometimes it was because they had some great faith and he saw it and because of your faith. Other times, like the person he, uh, we shared on a few weeks back, there was no faith with that pool uh, by the pool there, uh, of Salome. There was just no faith there in that person. Sometimes he would, he would touch somebody. Sometimes he would speak the word. Last week it was like mud and spit. And I think Jesus does this just to remind us that he is Lord. And we've got to kind of watch that. There's a newness. There's a freshness of God. And, and as I've walked with the Lord, I've, I've been shocked sometimes how God moves in different ways. John eleven twenty two, and I think this is the, the key passage that we need to grab hold of this morning. Uh, after Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would have died. John eleven twenty two, the very next verse. But I know that even now, say the word even now. But even now, God will give you whatever you ask. It's a big adjustment that we see take place in just those two verses. You know, she pours out that emotion. Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But all of a sudden, you see her take this adjustment because they had prayed. They they had expected Jesus to show up. They had their time frame. They had their attitudes, everything in, in sync. And all of a sudden, you see her realize that she's standing before Jesus. She gets in his presence, and she realized that in his presence, even now. But notice what she says, God will give you whatsoever you ask for. She's looking to him versus saying, hey, this is the way I want it. This is the way I want to see things play out. This is how I feel a best answer would happen. This is the timing. This is what might, would make my attitudes feel good. She doesn't get into any of that, but it's an even now moment. And, of course, the fourth point is Jesus' lordship over death. We read in John 11, uh, 43 and 44. When he said this, Jesus called in loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead men came out, um, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the gray clothes and let him go. Um, uh, very powerful. Darren did excellent teaching on this, you know. 
kind of on those one-up conversations. You always hear those one-up conversations that my problem's worse than your problems, and maybe you've been a part of that, you know, maybe been describing pain. Well, my pain was shooting, you know. My, my, my pain was slam dunking. My pain was breaking the backboard, you know, and you, you get in these one-up conversations that my problem's worse than yours, and of course, as Darren said, you know, when you die, that's probably about as bad as it's going to get. You know, and this is the point they're facing is, is death. And uh, uh, Lazarus kind of won that one up. And I dare say everyone here this morning has not experienced death. I don't think I've preached that long. <laughs> not that much pain. Everyone's still alive. But there are times in our life where things really, they, they die. They die. I've talked to people that not only lost their job, but their career died. That, that career is not even out there anymore. There's no need for, you know, you know, typewriter work or whatever. You know, it's dead. It's long gone. Sometimes it can, it can be a marriage, and people, it's really dead. I mean, not only have they left, but they remarried, and they've got more kids than we had together. You know, and it's dead. Sometimes it's a dream, and that's sometimes, sometimes the most painful that, uh, that it dies. Sometimes very bluntly you see it die, or sometimes you, you think back and you realize, boy, there was a day when I had a dream, or I don't even dream anymore. And you feel that, that death, and uh, Jesus has that ability even now to move but we've got to get in that place jesus whatever you know is going to take place i'm going to put it in your hand i'm going to trust you however you put this back together it might not be a lazarus story but however you put this back together man i'm going to put my trust in you in the last verse we're going to back up a little bit on this in the story uh john 11 38 and 39 jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb it was a cave with a stone or a big stone laid across the entrance and he said take away the stone he said but lord said martha the sister of the dead man by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there for four days i want to tell you jesus's lordship over big stone big stones and wrapped up stink and sometimes that's a good description of our life. We sometimes feel like we're in a cold, dark cave, got a big stone, got to deal with that. There's a lot of stink in our life. And I, if you haven't been in that place, there's times. In fact, this morning, I, I had a big stink issue. I, we had a big fourth thing together, and there was a bunch of garbage, and I just threw it in the back of my truck. I was going to deal with it later. Well, it got dealt with in the middle of the night, apparently. So I was all ready to come to church this morning, and a raccoon, a, a flock, of raccoons or whatever you call them a tribe of like there was more than one i could see all their footprints going toward the back and they just just a lot of stink but jesus can work through that wrapped up stink through that big stone that there's no way you can blow up or deal with he can work with that cave that just seems like you can't see anywhere inside and i, I sometimes we I, i've talked with people and it's like and i think this happens to so many of us it's just not one issue but it's kind of like a trifecta have you ever noticed this when one big issue shows up, you have a trifecta? Anybody, anyone else go through that? It's not one thing, but it's, I'm sitting here this morning without a belt because I couldn't get my belt because we've had 16 days of company. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, much less the raccoons. And sometimes you feel like you're in a trifecta of stuff going on. And you might say, PV, my life is stink. Yeah, it stinks. I feel maybe I, it might be better if I was stoned or what? I, I don't know. But I've got crazy good news for you. And this is what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's the best news of the history is that not only does Jesus call out to Lazarus, but he gives us a right to call out to him too. 
Acts 2, 21 says that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. We have that ability to call like blind Bartimaeus. And, and so I want to encourage you. I don't know what your situation is. I was kind of surprised last week. I was at that door and, and just talking to everyone that came in you know, over a two, three-month period, during that two, three-month period, almost like everyone had something happen to them, you know, it wasn't, and sometimes you feel like there's just a lot of stuff has happened, and it's like, wow, there are a lot of hurts, there's a lot of pain, I, I, I ran into a couple this morning coming in, just, just big issues, and I know there's some big issues, but I want to encourage us to realize that even now, that we can call out to Jesus, put it in his hand, and it might not be solved by Monday morning at 8 o'clock. It might not be fixed, and we still might be a little aggravated that Jesus didn't solve it the way we wanted to. But I want to tell you, he's the even now God. And, and, and I believe that he will show himself strong. It might not take place, like I said, instantly, but I believe it will take place. So will you stand with me, and we'll, we'll close in prayer, both here and in, in Newton. It's good to see you guys as well. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. If you need to, lift up a hand, reach out to Jesus. If you need to, lift up two hands because you might need to say, hey, I surrender, <laughs> you know, and just let's, let's just take a moment. Let's just position ourselves in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We come not only as an individual but as a congregation and even as a nation as we've seen just crazy stuff happen in our nation and we celebrated the fourth but in kind of great uh, concern with where we are as a nation we, we see death in our land and and uh, and maybe in our personal lives just dead stuff stuff that stinks stuff that's not right and dearly father we cry out even now Jesus, we, we choose to position ourselves in your presence to get before you, let you adjust our attitudes and, and all, of our, all of our formulas. And we lay that all before you, and we ask that even now that you show up. And I, I pray for the many cases that are here that seem so, so dead, so stinky, such a mess. I pray that you move in your timing, in your way, and that you bring a miracle in these circumstances, that you bring your goodness over everything that's happening in this room this morning because you are a big God, and we, we reach out, we stretch our hands and our life out to you. In Jesus' name, and they all said, amen.